Hi, welcome to another edition of Fleet Momentum video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine. I'm Fleet Group Editor Chris Brown. This series is designed to put a spotlight on key leaders, trends, and product offerings in the fleet management industry. This episode is sponsored by and produced in partnership with CEI. Today, we'll be talking to Mark Iarillo, Managing Director, Sales and Marketing at CEI, and Brian Canary, Senior Director of Product Management. We'll talk about how fleet drivers view their own driving performance. Then we'll talk about how fleet managers can uncover hidden risks with seemingly low-risk drivers. Well, great. Brian, Mark, welcome. Thanks so much for having us today, Chris. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the time, Chris. Sure thing. Hey, let's get right into it. Um, tell us briefly about CEI. Sure. So I'll keep it pretty straightforward and pretty quick. Um, you know, we're a, a fleet service provider who is wholly focused on both driver safety and collision management. You know, we view collision management as the reactive portion of how to handle something after it's already occurred and safety as the proactive management of how to try to eliminate these events from happening in the first place. Uh, we have a proven track record of our safety products of reducing our clients' preventable incidents by 20% or more over three years across our full suite of safety products. And we really believe in making investments in technology to both drive down the cost and cycle time of repairs, as well as reducing the number of collisions that our clients are having each year. All right, well, let's just get into some, some really pertinent questions for fleets today. Um, you know, Let's talk fleet drivers, right? Do you think they have a realistic view of their driver performance or might they have more of a false belief that they're actually a better driver than they really are? You know, it's an interesting observation, Chris. I, unfortunately, I feel like drivers um, are typically unaware of their driving behaviors, you know, unless it causes an, an incident or frightening near miss, you know, sometimes the drivers are even involved with those. Sometimes there, there are more tendencies to blame the other person or, or blame some other reason as to why that happened rather than maybe sit back and assess to say, okay, could I have done something a little bit differently there to almost avoid that near miss from happening or that collision from happening? Um, I think generally, right, there is an assumption that most folks have, you know, including myself, right? I haven't been, I haven't had a collision for a, a certain period of time. I haven't got cited by a police officer, so I must be an excellent driver. Um, the interesting thing is, you know, through the different products and services that and data we've been collecting, we are finding that it's it's completely not completely the opposite, but the number of drivers that are identified as high risk, often many of them are are, are drivers that you know have been identified under the radar as folks that don't have collisions or don't have that motor vehicle record violation, but there's other data elements that are telling us otherwise, that they tend to have risky behaviors or perform in a way, or unfortunately, maybe they're just getting lucky. We're fortunate for them, they're just getting lucky out there, but not necessarily do I believe that they think that they're aware of some of these um, you know, behaviors that they have that could probably use some remediation. Sure, and what factors do you think is driving all this? Yeah, I mean, you know, Chris, speaking from personal experience, you end up in a bit of a feedback loop where, you know, I hadn't had a, a, a speeding ticket or an infraction in, in many years. And I hadn't been in an accident since, you know, probably my teen years. So 
with that background knowledge, not only do I think that I'm a great driver, I'm getting this you know, feedback loop that's reinforcing it. When realistically, the last time that someone really evaluated what type of driver I was, both from a, a skill and safety standpoint, was when I took my, my driver's license test as a teenager. So when you sit back and you're able to you know, find a tool that can accurately measure to a specific standard how safe of a driver you are and how proficient your skill is in certain areas, you really have that kind of aha moment where you break yourself out of that, you know, feedback loop that's around you that, you know, forces you to think that you are this excellent driver with really no baseline of establishing that fact. Okay. Yeah. Well, you started in on it, but, but what, let's, let's take that to the next level. I mean, what are the keys to positively altering the mindset um, that you spoke about to foster safe driving? You know, we're big fans of, constantly and consistently promoting messaging, right? It doesn't have to be always say online training. Um, it can be just short, quick messages, um, especially if you can get them from leadership from within a fleet to just remind drivers of the importance of, you know, taking those extra steps to be safe every day. Um, I would also suggest, and a lot of times we'll, we'll try to incorporate, you know, real life driving experiences from say the employee's peers so that the employee can relate to it a little bit more. Meaning, right, if I, if I tell a driver myself or someone that is in a certain industry about safe driving and so forth, you know, they may think that's great that, you know, that's common sense, but you don't understand the pressures that I'm involved with on, on a work schedule every day. I have to hit certain appointments at a certain period of time. And there's other things that I do outside of driving that influence my behavior. So what we like to do is, uh, from a messaging standpoint, is whenever we can, custom some of those communications so that they come from a, from one of their peers, so that the employee can relate to the experience that that person's sharing with them. And from a coaching standpoint, you know, they can talk specifically about how they can plan their day out a little better, their route out a little better, and incorporate safe driving into their, their daily practice. You know, and, and, and really to add to that, one of the things that I would say has been, um, you know, a very positive experience for myself and the folks on our team is, you know, getting that, that recognition of when they are driving very well. You know, when you have that self-awareness that you start to see that, hey, you know what, I thought I was great. Turns out I, you know, I have a lead foot. I speed a lot. Or turns out that, you know, I'm really jamming up on my brakes because I'm not paying attention the way that I should be. We're able to see the way that we improve just on our actions and how we're driving. And being able to share that with our peers and with the rest of our team to say, hey, you know, this is this is excellent and call out some of those, you know, some of those successes and, and take this information and move it away from anything that would be punitive to make it a positive experience and something that just fosters a culture of everybody, you know, looking to get home safe at the end of the day and keep their, you know, their community safe alongside them on the roads as they're traveling every day. Yeah, you know, the rising tide uh, raises all ships, I guess you'd say really matters for safety. Um, you know, you know, fleet and safety managers, we often, they often tend to focus on those drivers that are deemed high risk with the, you know, the 80-20 rule, but, but that's kind of, you know, leaving the, the, uh, other things exposed, right? I mean, that mindset might not be really the way you want to go. Can you dig into that? Yeah, I think um, to hear what you're saying that the traditional ways, right, in which fleets would say assess risk under a fleet policy would be, you know, reactive, right? It's after a driver has that collision or after a driver has been cited by a police officer, you know, there's a there's a policy enforcement to 
to address those behaviors. Um, and focusing on that, like there's such a there's a smaller percentage of, of employees that are involved with those collisions and in motor vehicle record violations. Doesn't mean that the larger percentage of those folks, again, have those risky behaviors or have a bunch of near misses that have just been fortunate. So um, instituting a more proactive approach for identifying behavior further upstream is going to then result in drivers getting that coaching, that training before that first collision happens or before they get cited by a police officer. Um, you know, one of the things that we've done is we've done a few different studies using data outside of just collision MVR history, right? Using data such as detecting drivers that have hard braking tendencies or acceleration or speeding tendencies. And what we found is through different studies that we've done, if 46% of drivers in the lowest risk level, meaning that drivers that were, you know, not pr pretty much identified as having, you know, risky tendencies, were, um, were, were the ones that are having the performance that needed to be addressed um, from those, those proactive measures that we were, we were tracking. So again, it, it's sometimes the drivers that, that are identified in high risk, a lot of times what they'll end up doing from a policy standpoint is they'll start to remediate themselves. It's the drivers that are flying under the radar, the radar that have not been kept into the high risk under the policy that are continuing to behave in a certain way that really that's the opportunity for us is to address those drivers because we want to stop that first collision from happening. And, and, you know, this is something that really resonated with me, Chris, because I'm definitely one of those folks that would show up on our list as being a, you know, low risk category driving. And then when I got the feedback that showed that my actions were not lining up with that perceived, perceived level of risk, it got me thinking. And, you know, in one of the, you know, test groups that we launched on this early on, we had a, you know, a group of drivers that were already on a, a risk platform. So we were actively measuring where they were from a reactive look back, as Brian said, based on their level of risk over the same period of time on the new platform. And what we found is that there happened to be uh, a number of crashes that took place during the time frame, and 100% of the crashes that occurred were with drivers that were in that lowest risk category. Wow. And, you know, really what we found is that they were, you know, pretty much much like myself. We really weren't safe drivers. We were lucky drivers. We were finding out that we were kind of fortunate and we had good timing. And eventually your behaviors behind the wheel do catch up with you when you're driving on the road without realizing, you know, the risk that you pose to other drivers. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so these low risk drivers who may not get the attention, I mean, how do we uncover and address these hidden risks? Well, one of the things that I'm most excited about, you know, being in fleet industry now for 17 years and specifically in the safety component of, of um, this industry has been the advances in technology of just over the past four or five years has been tremendous. You know, unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of tradition, traditional practices for assessing risk was based on reactive measures. But with the use of technology these days, and every it seems like every year there's something new coming out um, that can be utilized to help address you know, safety behaviors. It could be features in a vehicle, such as you know advanced driver assistance systems, but also just in terms of identifying drivers' behavior. Um, there's the opportunity to now start tracking you know tendencies for drivers to have speeding tendencies or have hard braking incidents or hard acceleration. And um, most importantly, right, one of the biggest challenges I think that we've all had in terms of driving safety is identification of drivers that are utilizing, you know, their phone or distracted by their phone. 
Um, there is technology out there right now, you know, a product that we support that can identify when drivers are interacting with their phone screen. I mean, we were never able to do that before, right? Until recently. Um, tremendous tool now to start to identify those behaviors that lead to distractions or heartbreaking or speeding incidents through technology into, I, I suggest incorporating those into your policies if you're not already. And, and as Mark mentioned earlier, um, use them in a way to promote positive recognition. You know, if you have drivers that are performing really well with each of those metrics, there, there's not a need necessarily, I mean, there is a need to, to actually promote their behaviors with their peers. Um, not necessarily just focusing in on the drivers that are identified as high risk. You know, and, and one of the other things is, as we talk about moving from reactive to becoming proactive, is the ability over time to become prescriptive. When we start looking at the tendencies of drivers that actually were involved in crashes, we can see if there are patterns among the behaviors that would likely you know, intercede, and allow us rather to intercede and, and train them and work better with the drivers to help them mitigate some of these factors that are commonalities that we see leading up to these crashes. You know, the overall goal is to stop that crash from ever occurring. So if we get a better understanding of you know, what these actions are behind the wheel, not just in a broad sense, but specific to the environment, specific to you know, the, the course that the, the company or that the driver is, is repeating on a daily, monthly, weekly basis, we can identify not only, hey, these patterns are something that lead to a crash, but this may be the next group of drivers that are the, that are the most at risk to have an incident based on data specific to that client and specific to the use of that vehicle. Well, great. Well, tell us about how CEI's driver care co-pilot can address these issues that we've been talking about. Yeah, of course. Thanks. So we're, we're really excited as well about driver care co-pilot. I mean, what driver care co-pilot is, it's an app-based um, mobile telematics platform solution that really what it does, it's measuring behaviors that are indicative of crash risk. Right, so it'll be able to identify drivers that are having, you know, behaviors related to phone interaction. You know, again, utilizing moving the phone about in a vehicle, interacting with the screen. Um, it'll be able to identify drivers that are having tendencies of speed, hard brake, um, hard corner, and harsh acceleration. These are all predictive measures for future crash. So again, the sooner we can get in front of these measures, um, the better chance we have of drivers, you know, avoiding that collision um, while they're out there on the road. Um, what it does is by tracking those measures, it provides a scoring mechanism and feedback with those scores. Um, but what I like the most about it is that it also provides trip summaries. So every time a driver takes a trip at the completion of the trip, it'll provide the driver with a score, a five-star rating essentially of the trip they just completed. And it'll identify if a driver did have any tendencies through that trip to heartbreak, accelerate, utilize their phone. Um, being a user of it myself for a few years here, I can say that I definitely through transparency, it helped promote self-correction. So by me seeing where I had tendencies to do certain things, I was able to see them through the trip detail and able to correct my behavior as part of it. Now, in addition to that, right, there's the ability then sharing that information with other folks in your organization, because just say a driver tendency didn't have, they didn't want to self-correct. You know, then there's the opportunity for the manager to get engaged with the solution, as well as coach the driver and, and start to talk to them about, you know, how they can become safer out there. Um, you know, we referenced this earlier, but, you know, the, the leaderboard component of it, there's, there's the ability for drivers to see exactly where they rank in terms of their team, as well as the overall fleet. Again, that is an excellent tool for managers to provide recognition. 
right? Through the leaderboard, the drivers can see where they are, but also the managers can quickly recognize their team members that are performing really well, as well as coach up the ones that maybe need some, you know, some, some behavior modification and so forth. Um, the, solution, the solutions truly closed loop. In addition to just sharing the information, the scores and so forth, we also have the ability to assign automated online training to target the behaviors that a driver may need to improve upon. So for example, if I'm a driver that's performing really well with my heartbreaking scores on the lower end, they'll be assigned a braking module specific to heartbreaking to help remediate that behavior so they can increase their score. Um, and then lastly, I'll say the interesting thing about it, right, is because it's a base, it's a phone-based solution using an app, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's very little hardware that's required. We do have an optional component called a tag, which if utilized, the great thing about that is um, trips that are in the fleet vehicle are the only ones that are recorded. So if a driver is not in the fleet vehicle and the, the fleet doesn't want to record trips or, or score trips that are in, say, in a personal vehicle, they won't be incorporated into it. But it's an optional component. Um, and because it's optional as well, the cost for these for this solution is typically at a price point that is appealing to customers compared to traditional telematics. So the quick startup for it, the ability to get it integrated and rolled out in fast Tommy manner, um, the cost, and in addition to the ROI that's going to happen as a result of deploying this collision reduction, is something that's very appealing to our customers so far. And um, we're, we're excited to be able to offer them and arm them with another solution you know, to help bring their employees home safely every day. And Brian did an incredible job of, you know, giving the, the overview of, of driver care co-pilot and, you know, what makes it so unique and what makes it so wonderful. You know, really, I just wanted to share what excites me the most about it is that it allows companies the ability to separate, you know, a traditional location-based telematic system from a driver behavior-based system where we're really solely looking at the behavior of the driver behind the wheel. So it becomes much more safety focused for fleets that may not necessarily be looking to have a full location-based solution that's measuring the diagnostics on the vehicle. And you know that, that really allows us to be very aggressive in the market and provide these solutions to companies who may not have looked at a you know, quote-unquote telematic solution in the past. Great. Yeah, Great. it seems like it's putting safety right in the hands of the driver, actually, which is a really cool uh, development. Um, well, hey, guys, thank you so much. That's all the questions I have for you today. Uh, thanks for joining us here at Fleet Momentum. Thanks so much, Chris. Have a great thanks, rest Chris. of your day. Appreciate it.